0: Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast. This is episode 71. What do you do when someone is hurting? Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday, I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be I sometimes wonder if a day goes by that we don't encounter someone who is hurting. And in this context, I'm talking about emotional hurt. And of course, we'll never really know because our encounters are so varied between work and life and in the public that we'll never really know the depth or breadth of hurt that we're stumbling upon. In this episode, I want to explore when we do know. When we see the signs, the cues, the facial expressions, which are often very fleeting and the reactions and actions that we take to connect to others, because human connection is something we all want and we all need. And if you're looking to make a difference in your company, in your circle or in your universe, you need to honor that connection. One of the most important ways we connect with others when we think about establishing trust and rapport and understanding is, of course, through listening, not just to the words, but what we see. I received a beautiful Christmas gift from a lovely friend. It's a Brene Brown book, and it's called Atlas of the Heart. If you are interested in strengthening your emotional intelligence for work or for life, this is an encyclopedia of insight. I didn't even know what it was about, and I dove in, and I was hooked. So a few of us started a book club to deepen our knowledge of her work, and for months now, we've been getting together, sharing our reactions to some of the chapters, the insights, and and connecting them really to the stories of our lives, how these emotions have affected us, not just in the workplace, which they definitely do, but also as human beings, It has been such a splendidly illuminating and also very vulnerable experience. The good news is we do it with snacks and wine, and I've come to really enjoy and look forward to our book club. So she dives into the language of our emotions, and she dives deep. The point of the Atlas of the Heart is giving words to the sensations that we all experience, yet we have a hard time describing the language to put the emotions and the words together, the ability to connect our sensations, our emotions, and our language. And that's what she's all about. But back to this week's topic, because in our last book club, we were focusing on chapter seven, where she described the differences between compassion, pity, sympathy, and empathy. And finally, I read a way that compared and contrasted these emotions so that they made sense to me. And also, which of those bring us closer together and those that don't. And I found this very fascinating because I teach empathy in so many of my classes. And I think a lot of times there's misunderstanding about what it is. When people say you have to walk in someone's shoes, feel their pain, you have to know what it's like to be that or have had that experience. And this is not how Brene described it. And this resonated with me, I think one, because it was aligned with with my teaching and thinking, but also it provided some clarity. She in particular wrote about empathy misses. What I mean by that is eight ways that we get empathy wrong. And when I saw this list, I was full of like, oh my gosh, she had captured this comprehensive list of things that I hear and things that I have definitely fallen into these traps. And most of them, of course, unwittingly, but what happens is then we affect the connection with someone else. We actually disconnect with them. Picture you are with a loved family member, or maybe you're with a colleague or one of your employees, and they are emotional. Brene Brown defines empathy this way. She said, empathy, the most powerful tool of compassion, is an emotional skill set that allows us to understand what someone is experiencing and to reflect back that understanding. I think that is a cool way of saying we don't have to feel what they're feeling. We don't have to agree with what they're feeling. We don't have to have walked in their shoes in order to be empathetic. Empathetic is a skill. It's a social skill, an emotional skill. I want to share with you what the eight empathy misses are and see if any of these sound familiar to you, for you or anyone else around you. I know all eight have totally resonated with me. I'm not going to do them in the order she does in the book. I'm going to do them a little bit different because I kind of categorize some of them together. But the first one is the difference between sympathy and empathy. And I think sometimes that's confusing. What is sympathy versus empathy? Well, I just talked that empathy is an emotional skill. Understand what someone is experiencing. Sympathy is feeling sorry for the other person. She actually describes it as a disconnect. It's a little bit of distance between us and someone else. I feel sorry for you. That must be terrible. All of those kinds of reactions are about sympathy, not identifying and labeling what the other person is experiencing. And then the next four are all about our reactions to someone else's experience. There's judgment, disappointment, discharging comfort and speaking truth to power these four are all about our reactions to what someone is telling us so judgment of course the listener feels shame for you and you think oh yikes you can see it in their face or their expression that they disapprove of whatever it is and because judging is a critical point of view It is the opposite of empathy and compassion. It really shuts down the connection. I feel like I'm being judged. I'm not going to share anything else with you. So it really erodes the trust. The next one is disappointed. When you think about someone who has really high perfectionist tendencies and you let them down, you're sharing something that is hurtful or disappointing. And then they think about the imperfections that you've just shared. And are disappointed in that impression of you, which is of course about them. The next one is discharging comfort. What that means is we want to escape the discomfort of the emotion that someone is sharing with us. Maybe they're feeling extremely dejected. Maybe they're feeling super angry or whatever that emotion is. And we want to escape that discomfort. And so we look to place the feelings elsewhere. It could be blaming or shaming, like, what were you thinking of doing that? Or we can blame or shame someone else. Like, who can we blame? Who did this? Who made you feel bad? (laughs) Let's go get them. But either way, what we're doing is we don't want to be uncomfortable with the other person's emotion. So we look for a way to diffuse it. The next one is speaking truth to power. This means that you spoke the truth to someone who is more powerful. Maybe you held someone else accountable and maybe you stood up for someone and then you share this with someone else and they think oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you said that. You really said that? And they get really incredulous rather than acknowledging the courage that you had to stand up for what you believe in. They see you having taken a big risk with speaking truth to power as opposed to demonstrating courage. And then the next three, I also see a little bit connected. There's comparing and competing, which is one minimizing or avoiding, which is another one, and advice and problem solving, which is the third one. Just think about how often this occurs. Comparing and competing is we sometimes want to connect with other people over a shared experience. And this is pretty easy to do when someone is hurting or when they're angry. And we believe that this approach is going to strengthen the bond, but it actually distances us from the understanding of their experience. So let's say someone is having a really hard time at work with an employee and you say, oh my gosh, well, listen to this. Or, oh, you're short staff at work? Oh my gosh, me too. Or no budget for this or that? Yep, I feel your pain. We haven't had resources in 150 years. I've been there too. And yes, I completely understand how you feel but then we make the experience all about us and we bring in our perspective rather than connecting to their unique experience. It doesn't matter what we have done or experienced that is similar. If we're not connecting with their experience and honoring their hurt or pain, we are not empathizing effectively. The next one is minimizing or avoiding. And I see this with people who just want to make you feel better, right? Let's just make it go away. So with very good intentions, but really poor outcomes, This is about trying to smooth it over quickly and the refusal to even acknowledge the hurt. You're fine. This is fine. You're going to be okay. You're going to be wonderful. It's going to be all good. And minimizing and avoiding is about putting that positive spin on it or a different spin on it to take away the moment of discomfort in recognizing and acknowledging that emotion. And then this last one, oh my goodness, advice giving and problem solving. This is about fixing it and solving problems. And to me, this feels like one of the most common of all, especially at work, where the outward expression of emotions is so much more challenging anyway, because of our belief systems. And then we just can't Stand to see someone in pain. And so we go into problem solving mode, whatever the hurt is, let's fix it. Meaning let's fix you. <laughs> I'm going to fix you. I'm going to fix the problem. And the sad reality is we don't even fix emotions. We have to listen to the emotions. We have to understand them, and demonstrate our understanding. And until we truly understand and empathize with someone, we have not earned the right to even approach partnering in the fixing of that solution. So here are the eight. Sympathy versus empathy, judgment, disappointment, discharging discomfort, speaking truth to power, comparing and competing, minimizing, avoiding, and advice giving and problem solving. When you listen to those eight, if you find yourself falling into these common empathy traps, scurry out as soon as you can and then empathize with focus and with purpose. Your job is not to feel their pain. Your job is not to judge the pain or make it about you. Empathy is to label the emotion, identify it, Label it to the best of your knowledge and then add the why. What is their experience? What are they going through? And be there for those that are hurting. Be present with their pain. And when you do this, you're going to deepen your trust and your connections to others. And isn't that what we all want? Because there are so many encounters where we don't know when someone is hurting. Let's not miss that opportunity when we do. Did today's episode make you want to start a book club? It kind of made me want to start another. Join me next week. We're going to talk about team development. Do you know teams develop in like a process? Yep, you bet. Good stuff next week.